Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game, around the love of the game. We are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. As you know, college soccer winding down. That means we got a ton of champions and one more tournament, the Men's College Cup out in Santa Barbara, featuring three Big Ten teams, Indiana, Maryland, and Michigan State, as well as Akron from the Mid-American Conference. Damon Rensing has led Michigan State now to four Elite Eights in their first Final Four since 1968. Damon Rensing, the head coach of the Spartans, will kick it off. Then we'll talk to our champions, Barry University. They won the men's title, their first title, Steve McC- McCrath is their head coach, son of the legendary Cliff McCrath. They won the D2 men's title. The D2 women's title went to the University of Bridgeport. Magnus Nillerud got the title. He's also on the program. D3 men, Josh Shapiro, won it in 2016. He was on then. He won it again in 2018. He'll be on today for Tufts College. D3 women, Michelin Pennard. Williams College goes back-to-back, overcoming all kinds of adversity. Michelin Pennard, she breaks her not able to join us, but Christian DeFore, their fine associate SID, fills in the blanks for Williams College. Then NAIA men and women, your champions are Central Methodist for the men, William Carey University for the women. Their coaches, Alex Nichols for the men at Central Methodist for the women. Their coaches, Danny Owens for William Carey. They're also on the program, and it kicks off after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with Team Snap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky. This is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap, and we're kicking it off with one of the coaches that is in the College Cup. The Big Ten has taken it over. Earlier on this program, you heard from Sasha Sarosky from Maryland. Todd Yegley was on a few weeks ago as well. He's the head coach of Indiana, and Damon Rensing's Michigan State Spartans are also in the College Cup, and Damon Rensing joins me now. Damon, thanks for being on the program. Dean, thanks for having me. Yeah, Damon, talk about soaking it up. It's uh, been a nice run for you. I was reading you guys went to uh, celebrate a pizza place the other day, got a standing ovation, then Michigan State played Iowa, you guys were out on center court, you're certainly enjoying the, the fruits of your success. We are, it's a, it's a fun time to be a Michigan State soccer player, um, the community's really rallied around us, the soccer alums, we had almost 50 soccer alums at our game against James Madison Friday night, former head coach Joe Baum was there, so it's been a lot of fun and honestly, uh, as of yesterday, we really just kind of turned our focus towards a, a good Akron team, but we're, it's been a good balance. Well, you've been pushing here. I mean, it's now four Elite Eights. Uh, this is your fourth and your first College Cup. First time since 1968, as you bring up Joe Baum, that Michigan State has been in the Final Four. But I talked to you earlier in the season during one of your games, in fact, ironically, before you played Akron, and you felt like this was the kind of team this year that could make this run. You were right, Coach. We knew all along that we had the talent to do it, and uh, you know we thought with the combination of some good senior leadership, um, it's a really good group of guys, and, and the experience of you know bowing out in a quarterfinal at Indiana in penalty kicks. I think things just kind of came together. But it's soccer, and there's a lot of good teams in this NCAA tournament field too. Just because you got the talent 
and and the and the culture doesn't just mean you're going to walk in and, and, and go there. So, um, you know, we need a little fortune. We need our guys to play well and execute, and, and all things kind of came together. There's always been a long debate about what the best conference is. You know, ACC gets nine teams in kind of every single year. They get a lot of love. Of course, Stanford from the Pac-12 has won it three in a row. But this is incredible, right? I mean, this is pretty ridiculous. Three Big Ten teams, and Akron's kind of a pseudo-Big Ten team out of the MAC because they always play a ton of Big Ten teams. What's your take on how big this is? Well, I think it's huge. I think there was probably only five or six times I think that there's been three teams from one conference in the Final Four. So I, th- I think it's huge. I think it speaks volumes for the Big Ten, not just the three teams that are in there, but the other teams in the conference and the coaches because the, the conference season is really what helps prepare you for the NCAA tournament and a couple non-conference like us playing Akron. But I think uh, – you know, for us, those Big Ten coaches, it's a hard conference. They're really all the teams are really well coached, and it prepares you for the prepares you for the postseason. It takes six to win it all. You've won four already. You beat UIC two to nothing. You beat Louisville at Louisville. You beat Georgetown at Georgetown, and you came from behind to beat James Madison. It's not easy getting there, is it, Coach? No, not at all. I mean, look, there's a lot of good, great coaches that have never got a chance to play in a Final Four. Um, some of them are mentors of mine that I've really looked up to. Um, but no, it is not easy. What I've liked about this team is we've won just about every possible way. You know, a 2-0 win in the snow um, at UIC, or home to UIC. Then you go to Louisville, we go up 1-0. We give up a tough goal with 13 minutes left. Louisville comes back and ties the dirt crowds into it. And then we respond in overtime um, and win 2-1. to We go out to a Georgetown, very well-coached team. Brian Weiss does an unbelievable job. With that Hoya program, and you got to just win 1-0. We score late in the first half, and just got to hold on to a 1-0 win. And then the last game, James Madison, we go down for the first time in the NCAA tournament. They score a nice goal on the counter, and uh, you know we find a way to get two goals back. So we've won just about every possible way. How incredible was it? And I know a few of them got in trouble for throwing some snowballs, but the Red Cedar Rowdies. I mean, the crowd looked amazing, Damon. It was it was electric, and the way the game played out with James Madison going up, um, you know, and the crowd kind of feeling it. But as, as you could see the momentum building, as we got closer and closer to tying the game, you could just see the crowd getting into it. I mean, it was electric. The Red Cedar Rowdies, our student section, was phenomenal. Um, and once we tied that game, I mean, it just erupted. And then that, that last goal with eight minutes left, people went absolute crazy. It's kind of fitting that Ryan Sierkowski with the brace. I mean, here's a kid who has come in and always with a great attitude. There's not too many kids that work harder than this young man, right? I haven't seen one or haven't come across one in our program, and we've got a lot of guys and alums that have worked really hard. But his his work rate, not just when we have the ball, I think what he does when we don't have the ball is pressure defensively. Um, he holds up. He does a lot of tough things, and his work rate's been unbelievable. I think he's pretty much got a lock to be the first Spartan to lead in points all four years. So he's led our program in points uh, starting as a freshman all the way through his senior year. Wow, that's incredible. And, and really, it's your senior class. I mean, the spine of your team, right? Just talk about your seniors a little bit, Coach. Yeah, we have, you know, we'll start off with Jimmy Hagan goal. For me, he's one of the best schoolies in the country. You know, certainly the Big Ten, I think that's one of the reasons why you got three teams in there. You've got Trey Muse at Indiana and Dane St. Clair at, at Maryland and Jimmy Haig at Michigan State. There's Those are three of the top goalies in the country. But, um, you know, Jimmy's been great. He's a fifth-year senior. He's got leadership. 
He's a captain. You know, and then you look at our, our two wingbacks, Connor Corrigan and John Freitag. Connor Corrigan's a, a senior captain, and, you know, when we played Akron, we didn't have him in the lineup. He was actually wasn't in the lineup for a couple of our losses, and he just has such a good presence um, on the field. Um, and then you've got, uh, you know, Giuseppe, well, Giuseppe's a junior. Then you got Sarakowski and Dewan Jones as our two forward seniors. So we've got a good, really good core. And then, yeah, Hunter Baroni's a senior as well, right? That's been key for you. Yeah, the, yeah, the, front, th- the front three, Hunter Baroni as well. And, uh, and even with this group, we've got some guys that don't play. Luke Mene, Zach Covan, Cody Sweet that are, if you saw them in practice, how much they push the first team, what they do, their attitude. I think you need all those elements. You need talented seniors. You need seniors that are completely bought in. You need you need your captains and leaders, and we've got all that in this group of 10. On October 9th, uh, Akron did come in to East Lansing. They won that game 2-1. to one. It was kind of a tough game for you because you were still in the hunt to win a Big Ten championship. What do you take from that game as you prepare for them on Friday night, 8 o'clock ESPNU? Well, I think the... What I took from that game is, you know, we didn't have Michael Pimlott or, or Connor Corrigan. They played, Egbo only played, I think, in the second half, and he came on and changed the game. I think the styles of the two teams will be very similar. I just think both teams right now are playing at a at a better level. You know, Akron had a lot of new players, and they were still kind of finding themselves. I don't think Ak- Akron will play any differently. They'll just execute things better than they did on, on Tuesday. And we came off a huge win at Maryland which everybody knows takes a lot of energy, both physical and emotional, on Friday. Like I said, Connor Corgan got hurt in that game. Michael Pimlott was hurt and couldn't play. So um, I think you'll see, again, similar styles of both programs, but I think both teams will be executing things at a higher level and are playing their best soccer right now. Finally, you know Indiana will travel well. You know Maryland will travel well. They've been there, done this before. I've been reading some of your quotes. It sounds like some of your alumni, some Red Cedar Rowdies, are going to be in Santa Barbara. Is that what you're hearing? We'll, we'll have a pretty good Spartan following. I mean, the one group to me that this that win against James Madison means more than anything is, is our soccer alum. We have an unbelievable soccer family and alumni base of over 60 years. We've got the 67 and 68 national champions. But there were some things that went on in our program from a scholarship standpoint when Joe took over, you know, in the 70s and 80s. He didn't. He only had one scholarship, started to get him back in the 90s. And all these alums have, have been pushing and playing and poured their heart and soul into Michigan State soccer. And I think, you know, we've all thought, hey, this is a program that can get to a Final Four, a College Cup. And uh, to see all those alums there and see them coming out, I think that speaks volumes for our program. But to me, that win was for all those alums. Incredible. It's like the Big Ten Tournament on wheels, heading out to Santa Barbara. Amazing. Good luck against Akron, Indiana, and Maryland, and the other one. Pretty awesome, right, Damon? It's awesome. We're going to have a Midwest beach party out in Santa Barbara. Great stuff. Damon Renson, good luck. Safe travels, okay? All right. Thank you. The Men's College Cup, the last college soccer tournament of the weekend. All the other champions have been crowned, including at the D2 level. Barry University, Steve McCrath winning his first national championship at Barry and then for the D2 women, the University of Bridgeport, Magnus Nillerud winning his first national championship for the University of Bridgeport. Up first, Coach McGrath, quick break, then Coach Nillerud on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. 
Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. This is Dean Linky, host of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, and I want to remind every one of you listening to get registered now for the 2019 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago in early January. It is the place to be for education, for networking, the MLS draft, the NWSL draft, youth soccer, high school soccer, college soccer, pro soccer, coaches and administrators. You'll want to be in Chicago as part of the 2019 United Soccer Coaches Convention. Make it happen. Make it happen now. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org, click on convention, and get signed up. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap, our championship edition. I want to thank Damon Rensing, the head coach of the Michigan State Spartans, three Big Ten teams in Akron in the Men's College Cup. Speaking of champions, Division Two, Steve McCrath. 21 seasons. He gets the national championship, his first of what will probably be many as Barry University knocked off Westchester University to take home the national championship. Big personality, just like his dad, Cliff. And Steve joins me now. Steve, thanks for being with us. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dean. Steve, you're a national champion. You're a national champion. How's that sound? Uh, well, we have a little joke running between myself and my assistant, Ali Simmons, who, to be fair, is a two-time now because he's a uh, he was with the University of Charleston last year, so he actually doesn't know anything but national championships. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, it's the, uh, we call it, uh, wake up the next day, day four, day five, whatever, and say, guess what? Yep, still still national champion. So it's a, it's a fun it's a fun thing that uh, uh, <clears throat> mess around with, but we're having a good time. Yeah, they can't ever take that away from you. And uh, obviously, yeah, he won that last year with Coach Stratford, who was on the program as well. So you're fitting right in as we try to make it a, a policy to talk to the national championship coaches. That's why we had to track you down. Uh, tell us about that game against Westchester, a 2-1 to victory in the championship. Well, I mean, as games go, uh, I suppose if it were Hollywood, then then that's your game. Um, yeah, Westchester has a, a unique style with with an amazing amount of uh, work rate and uh, the way that Michael Ben has them performing with the, the shape and just the flow of what they're going to have to do and for them to knock off Charleston and to knock off De- Adelphi and then even Cal Poly Pomona, it was, it was pretty clear out at the outset that, okay, Cal Poly is going to go ahead and win this game and they had a one nothing lead and then they, you know, Westchester comes back and just who they are. I mean, there's so much credit to what, what Coach Ben has done. And so that was our game. I mean, we, we knew that we didn't want to go down one nothing. We went down one nothing in a corner kick in the first half, and then we weren't really getting our energy. We probably, every time we got something started, uh, a little bit of the physicality that they had against us was uh, derailing our, our ability to get a good flow. But the nice part was we kept our heads. We almost slipped up at halftime guys were kind of losing it and we just kind of settled i think halftime was really important for us and then the second half came about there was a yellow card tossed and then we just kind of got our our traction and from there it was a probably the last 25 to 30 30 minutes was 
super fun to uh, be a part of, and it was completely nerve-wracking. 21 years. It must be a special place. Uh, why do you like uh, being at Barry so much, Coach? You know, it is a unique place. We, we actually had a little uh, festivity, I guess, a welcome back and congratulations on Monday, and it was thrown together quite quick, but you would think that it had been done maybe with at least a week's notice the way they presented and, and had us uh, prepared to, to be able to meet the student athletes and students and stuff that were in the area for the time. And it's this feeling of we have a professional atmosphere at Barry. I mean, we had just this last summer, we had Bayern Munich and Manchester United and Real Madrid all training at our facility. We had Lyon uh, women's professional team uh, amongst others and so our facilities and everything that has a professional atmosphere and then um, they have the kind of the family atmosphere just how people take care of you at Barry and the community of people being around that was one of the things I shared with the, those that were in attendance that just walking down the halls it makes my day to be able to have athletes and, and other students like hey coach how's it going it's 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 family, so those two things are really hard to to see why you would want to go somewhere else. I mean, there's been some opportunities, I guess, but in the end, God either just said no, that's not the time for you, or He's impressed it upon my heart. No, I I don't want you to leave right now. So He's He's either shut it down or or I've I've just said no, it's not time. So at the end of the day, it's just a it's a it's a place that has a, a special combination of we want to do things really well and family which is really hard to to find people say it a lot but it's really hard to find remind us how you ended up there some 21 years ago to take over as the head coach <laughs> uh yeah that'd be that, that'd probably be god is how it ended um the funny side of it would be is, is uh i think my dad would have had me married off like 15 times in my lifetime by saying i got the i got the perfect girl for you i'm like what are you thinking so it was one of those moments where i walked in to say hey you know because i was working for him i was coaching with him and i walked in and said hey you know good morning how's it going he goes how'd you like to be the new head men's soccer coach at Barry university and i'm thinking well the only time that i know anything about barry was when i was a player and we actually traveled down here and played uh, my first two years of playing in college other than that i, I was like yeah okay and then i'm thinking well you know that just like all those other proposals he was preparing for me that's how it was going to end and then um but i decided to put my application in and i talked to my athletic director currently mike cavone he uh you know i I had a quick conversation with him got my paperwork in and then they said uh this is like in december they said uh, well you know we want to hire by february well february rolls around and nothing's really happened and i'm a little nervous at this point to call because i don't want to kill my my opportunity and uh then i um but i chose to and he says well you know we had over 200 applicants and we uh we've narrowed down to 10 you're in the 10 so i was like okay and then uh you know i had some accountability guys uh, bible study group and so the four of us would be praying and i looked at my prayer book at certain times over the course of my history and it's it's you know praying for an interview you know i didn't really necessarily say i want the job i was just praying for an interview and then all of a sudden now late March, and there's two weeks in there where I've stopped writing about it. So obviously, I think I've just shut it off. Like, well, this isn't happening. And then all of a sudden, it's a safe trip to Miami. And then the next week, it says, you know, you know, moving to Miami and all this kind of stuff. So like within a window of like six weeks, I ended up finding myself having no hope that an interview was going to come. To I came down, had an interview, and then I got the job. And I think 
I think it was correct. I think he called me and said that uh, on April 1st, <laughs> he wanted to offer me the job. So I thought maybe he say anything. Well, it's your first national championship there, but as you mentioned, your dad, the legendary Cliff McGrath, who is such a friend to the United Soccer Coaches, formerly NSCAA. Did you win some national championships with him as a, a coach or player? Actually, both. To be honest, uh, in my freshman year, we won the national title. That was when Seattle Pacific had a great run. That was their fourth straight national championship game. And uh, that was a back-to-back, 85-86. So 86 was, was my year. And then in 93, we uh, I was an assistant, a volunteer assistant. And um, we won down in a really, uh, ho- truly a Hollywood type of a moment down here in uh, Melbourne, Florida, up at Florida Tech. So those are the two that I'd won. Uh, as, a, as a player and as an assistant with my dad. Was he there for the championship, uh, or was he watching online? Well, funny enough, he actually was online because he was at the NAIA Women's Soccer Championships working with the uh, officials, because uh, he used to be the director of NISOA, so they had asked him you know, weeks ago, you know, would he come down and be the liaison and the director for you know, scheduling and, and handling all the officials. So he had said yes. And uh, he was dying to get away. And I kind of kept telling him, maybe it's better that you don't because my dad, you know, he had, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a guru and a legend. Um, but in his first three t- tries, he had lost the national championship. And um, I'd been there as a kid to watch them. So I'd never seen him succeed. And then uh, he went down to Florida and I didn't make the trip that time. And they won it. And then they went to repeat the next year, and so I went, and they lost in the semis. And it was like one of those things where, and then they won it in 83, and I wasn't there. And then I was there in 84, they didn't win it. And then they went, and I wasn't there in 85, and they won it. And then I'm playing for the team, and I was devastated. I thought, I'm going to screw this thing up. And in fact, if it weren't for my goalkeeper, Jeff Storrs, it would have been my reasoning, because I missed my penalty kick, and Jeff made the save on the next one to keep us alive. Wow. And then we won the title. So I had, like, a massive monkey off my back, because I was like, man, I, I can't be around my dad. So my dad was with, you know, come and came and supported when we were in, in 99 in the semis, so lost. And then he came again when we were in the finals in 2000, and we lost. And I thought, you know, it's probably better you just not around, man. So <laughs> everybody else was there, but I, I kind of was glad he wasn't there. <laughs> that is classic. What a great story indeed. And just a couple more things, and we'll let you go. Obviously, you're heavily involved with United Soccer Coaches. You've got a big role kind of following in the footsteps of your dad. What made you step up and, and get so heavily involved with United Soccer Coaches, Coach? Oh, good question. I, I think – probably like a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people's answers, you're not really thinking about it. You're just involved in being in, in the association. And then somebody taps you on your shoulder and you're not even thinking about it. It's like, Oh, okay. And then, Oh, okay. Turns into, you've been there for 13 years doing this role and you know, kind of this and that. And then someone taps you on your shoulder. That's kind of how it's been. So uh, I've always been excited to, to help and support because it's kind of, I guess how I was raised. You just, you just do, you know, some people maybe overdo, just know that it's an opportunity to, to do something to help serve. And I guess service is, is a big, is a big piece of the puzzle for my family, uh, my family tree, my family makeup. It's just what we do. And, uh, I think God has opened up a lot of doors for me to be able to serve. And hopefully I've been able to do something where people can come away saying, you know, I really enjoy working with Steve because of X, and I don't know what the X factor is for them, but I just hope that that's 
one of those opportunities that because I was involved, something something was a little bit more enjoyable or maybe something was a little bit more um, streamlined or whatever the case may be. They, it gave someone an opportunity to, to say, well, that, that was great. And uh, so I guess that's, that's why I serve, just so that I can create an opportunity for others. Great answer. One of the things that uh, you know as well as anybody about United Soccer Coaches, they're all inclusive. They advocate for for all colors, all genders, uh, and the like. And one of the things I like about looking at your coaching staff, and I know it might, might be more performance, fitness, and agility, but uh, you've got a female on your coaching staff in Maria Zamora. That's pretty unique, Coach. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a great story, too. I, um, I, like anything, so you just asked me about the question, like why I serve. Well, you, you always create an opportunity and you think about people like Jose Mourinho, who is just an interpreter, quote, quote unquote, and now he is, you know, he is who he is and everybody can talk about the fact that he's in the pantheon of, of great managers. And Maria came to me a year ago because she was finishing her undergrad and part of her minor was a, a degree in coaching. It's a minor in coaching. And to be fair, she doesn't have a lot of true experience with the game with regards to as a player and a history and everything else like that. But it was one of those moments where God was just kind of tapping my shoulder saying, you know, go ahead and go through this and help this, help this student. So it first became that. And then she was going into her master's where she has that area, which you said, you know, strength and conditioning, exercise science, movement science. And so she's in that arena now but she still wants to be a professional manager one day. She really wants to do this. And so I said, well, okay, let's just officially do this. And so we put her actually on staff. And um, you know, she's gained a lot of experience, and she's made uh, a lot of inroads with, with understanding the makeup of what it costs to, to lead. And, and so she's, she's been a real joy to be around, and it's, I love her energy. The guys love her, and um, she's just really uh, learning her steps. So at the end of the day, who knows what her ceiling is ever going to be, but at least I know that there's an opportunity for her to join in and be a great role, uh, you know, fit a great role for us and also for uh, for her own endeavors. So Maria is a class act. Well, she, like the rest of you, will get some championship rings. So that's the next step, right? Uh, getting those rings <laughs> ordered and making a big presentation. Uh, they, just like they can't take the national championship away, they can't take away that championship ring either, right, Coach? No, I guess unless they steal it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well said. Don't let them steal it. Well done, man. You're always a breath of fresh air. And now you've got uh, the first of hopefully many national championships, the D2 Men's National Champions from Barry, Steve McGrath, our head coach. Thanks so much for being on the program, Coach. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate it, Tom. That's Steve McCrath. McCrath, M-C-C-R-A-T-H. Sometimes it sounds a little bit like a G, and uh, if I got that G in there, I didn't mean to. Steve McCrath, son of Cliff McCrath, one of the legends, indeed, of United Soccer Coaches, of just playing soccer in this country. Incredible presenter, great speaker, his son exactly the same way. Your D2 Women Champs, University of Bridgeport. Their head coach, Magnus Nillaru, and he's next. Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. As promised, we're talking to all the champions. Steve McGrath, he won it for Division II men at Barry. Your Division II women 
winners. Just like Barry, their first ever national championship, the University of Bridgeport. They finished 24-1. and They defeated the power Grand Valley State 1-0 after getting by UC San Diego in the semifinals. And their 20-year top man, 20-year top man by way of Sweden, Magnus Nillerud, celebrating that championship. And Magnus says, uh, we said before we came on the air, you still got to soak it in every day, right? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little surreal experience. Um, it, you know, just just experience last week, and then obviously traveling home, and you know, in in a little bit of a police escort throughout the state of uh, state of Connecticut, yeah, and then all the all the hoorah and, and stuff going on over the last over the last couple of days here. It's been a little nuts, to say the least. Well, and you talk about being the underdog. You're right. I mean, Grand Valley State, they've been a power forever. UC San Diego, but you went in there. You clearly had the right game plan. What was the game plan to walk out of there with uh, your school's first national championship in women's soccer? Well, we had a, we had a, we were taking it kind of ga- uh, game by game. So we obviously approached San Diego with a, with a specific game plan, and I think the kids that, you know, bought into it and they executed it. Uh, spot on. Um, obviously, we had some individual players that that stepped up when needed. Uh, specifically, probably the second the second goal that Megan Dawes scores uh, scores off a free kick, probably twenty five yards out. Um, you know, so and then and then we just looked at looked at Grand Valley again, and when we set out a plan, you know, for that, and it was it was interesting because we played them early in the year, um, and we lost we lost six nothing to them. And if anyone said that. That would have been a fifteen nothing score line. Um, I would have I would have been at peace with that because they probably earned that. So it was a little bit of a challenge trying to feed in a little bit of positivity to the kids as well and let them buy into it that maybe that wasn't a six nothing game that we played before. You clearly love this school. I mean, you've uh, graduated from the University of Bridgeport in '99 with a degree in marketing. You were a standout soccer player for the Purple Knights from '95 to '98. Magnus, a four-year starter and a captain, two-time All New England Conference selection. You played in the Senior Bowl. So clearly, by way of Sweden, when you got here, you're like, man, I I like it here. I like this university. Yeah, it's a little bit of a uh, it's a little bit of a fairy tale story, you, you know. To win to win a national championship is is one thing, but to win it to win it at your alma mater is you know is even more special. And I, this wasn't really supposed to be the path, you know. You know, I I, I played here, I graduated here. Um, I was I was supposed to go into New York City and work for an advertising agency. Um, by that time, you, you got close close to the AD, um, and the program was a little bit in disarray. Um, you know, when I graduated here, into, you know, for the women, so he, he came up to me and said, "Listen, Magnus, can you just do me a, do me a favor here? I know what, you know, I'm a I'm a Wall Street guy myself, so I I know what, you know, you're going in at the very bottom of the of the tier in uh, in New York City. So why don't you stay here? Do me a favor, see uh, see me through the season, you know, and then you can go into the city in you know in December. Um, and, and I kind of done that. We went 0 15." Um, the first year, uh, we only there was only five kids on the uh, on the roster, and you literally walked around the dorms and the and the dining hall, and you you asked people to, you know, just do your favor and jump on the bus and, and you know and travel upstate New York and play a game. Um, so 0-15, I think we had we scored five goals and we had 163 conceded, um, and two of those games were two one losses. The first <laughs> game I think we lost 19 nothing. So. Um, after that season, um, 
that's that's not really the story that you want to tell your grandkids that you were a uh, you were a college coach and you went 0-15 your only career. So I went into the AD. I asked them, you know, give me another year, um, uh, and the rest is kind of history. Wow. And what about a, a lot of coaches on today? I've asked them about just the transition coach from you know playing on a men's team, perhaps maybe coaching uh, boys as well. What about the transition to coaching women? Clearly, it's uh, worked out for you. You must enjoy it. Yeah. No. It's it's obviously very, it's apples and oranges. It's very very different. Um, the one thing that you can do with you know with women is whatever. Um, Whatever kind of style you want to play, and you know they're very they're very receptive, you know in terms of um, you, you know how you set them out to be. They're, they're a little little lead, they're a little better to listen than us, uh, you know. So whatever whatever style or formation that you want to play with, um, it, it's a little easier, you know, than than with the guys. You know, the the flip side of that is, you know, you roll a ball out with guys, uh, it, it'll be it become competitive or. Uh, right away, you, you know, you're going to have to try to instill that a little bit more in women. How about this transition this year, though? You played a tough schedule. You actually played Grand Valley State back on September 20, on September 9th, Magnus. You lost 6 to nothing. Then you meet them December 1 in the championship game, and you beat them 1 to nothing. That's a pretty big variance. Uh, what did you remember or take from that September 9th game? And, and here's the deal. After that September 9th game, you lost just two more games. You pretty much won them all, including your last nine. Every year we take we take a longer trip and we try to mimic uh, we try to mimic just that whole experience for the kids you, you know all the final four getting on the plane and, and traveling and adjusting to either time zones or the travels and everything that accompanies with it. Um, this year it happened to be it happened to be going out you know to Grand Valley and playing two games you know and we were we were not only beat but we were handsomely beat uh, you, you know so you obviously had to. You had to change the mentality when we knew that we were playing Grand Valley. You had to change the mentality with the kids that, you know, maybe maybe the stars are aligned. You know, maybe you play them, you play them ten times, and eight or nine times you're probably going to lose. But tonight, tonight is not one of those nights. Did the players remember that game at all? Like, did they talk about it, or was it not even part of uh, any of your talk leading up to that championship game? I'm sure I was. I was surprised actually. Once we started getting in, and we we're fairly young. Um, there's only two seniors, you know, that started here. The rest of them are, you know, are freshmen and sophomores, and I think one junior. They were extremely le- relaxed starting around the time of like, maybe like the third, uh, the third round and the quarterfinals. So it, even even going into the final four and especially the final, the, the, you know, the atmosphere in the locker room it was very very relaxed. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure, I'm sure that you know that six nothing loss to to Grand Valley, who again could have easily been ten or fifteen nothing, was still in the back of their mind that. You know, the kids knew they were, they were up against the Giants. Now, normally to win the United Soccer Coaches, formerly NSCA Coach of the Year, you got to win a national championship. However, you did it in 2015. You were the Division II United Soccer Coaches National Coach of the Year. Remind us uh, what happened in 2015, Coach. Yeah, we were going in. I thought that was probably, as funny as it may sound, that was probably a better team that, you know, than the team that, you know, that won the national championship this year. Uh, we, we did have, you know, a, a big starter that had gotten injured um, by the time we played Columbus State, and at the time, you know, it was it was a big stage, uh, not only for players, but it was a big stage for the coaching staff. It was the first time, you know, we've we've been in in an environment like that, uh, and, and that you just played Columbus, who at the time were were on fire and were very very good. So, um, 
you you know you sit back and you think you know I won that award that like, could have could have been a pity award, uh, you know. But the uh, uh, we took it at a time. We took that experience. Some of the kids that you know that are seniors this year, you know, they were there on that stage and they remember. They remember that semifinal loss to Columbus. Well, you mentioned coaching staff, and I, I got to believe one of the things uh, at the D2 level is you hire coaches. They perhaps look for other opportunities as you go along, and you're helping them out. And looking at your staff, you've got a first-year coach as your first assistant, a third-year coach as your second assistant. So obviously your coaches move around a little bit, but uh, you know, a lot of times you're only as good as the, the people around you. And just talk about your coaching staff. Oh, they've, they've been uh, they've been fantastic, you know, and and I got tr- tremendous support here from the administration. So I, I, I've I've had a full time coach here for a long, long time. The poor guy as well that uh, just recently left last year. He's been with me. He's one of my closest friends. He's he's been with me for 15 years. So he's kind of he's kind of bought into the whole idea of you know can we win it? Can we uh, can we win it all in here? And the poor guy, you know, moves on to a better opportunity, and and that next year we win a national championship. So. You know, we have we have a new full time guy in here that that comes in young, energetic, but a ton of great ideas. You know, um, out of the box thinker. Um, you know, and then we got then we got some other guys in here that you know they're just here to kind of get the experience. That volunteers that don't really that don't really have to be here and just doing it either out of the goodness of their heart or you know they just want to gain that experience. And you know, and in the years past, you, you know, we've had we've had assistants and. You know, they've kind of gone the same route, and they moved on to you know to bigger and better opportunities. Many, many have moved on to very good D1 uh, programs. Going back to how much you love Bridgeport and uh, your time there at Bridgeport, your wife is also a University of Bridgeport alum, and I'm wondering if Isabel, Sophia, and Liliana are future members of your soccer team as well, or if they have other interests. Oh my God! The uh, unfortunately, uh, neither one of my uh, kids got an athletic bone in their body, so they've gone a different route and they've gone the academic way. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I never, I never. They clearly got, they clearly got my wife's, uh, my wife's genes from that aspect. Okay, so they're smart, which is uh, usually the power to success as well, right? Correct, correct. But it's you know, it's a UB, it's a UB story. You, you know, everything I've I've known my adult life has, has kind of been here, even though it's been some other opportunities. Uh, like you said, I met my wife here. My kids have this is all they've they, this is all they've ever seen. You know, they they grew up on a soccer field here at UB. Do they ever get back to Sweden at all with you? Yeah, they do. They do. So I combine a little bit. So my parents are still there. So you know, we got a couple of we got a couple of Swedish kids on the roster now, and we have had over the last twenty years. So I, I kind of combine some of the recruiting trips with you know going back home and seeing my parents and bringing them along. Finally, coach, this year's conventions in Chicago. I'm wondering if maybe you'll get some more hardware. Will we see you at the convention? Yes, you will see me at the convention. That's not one to be missed. Well done, Magnus Nilarud. Look forward to indeed seeing you at the convention. Head coach of the University of Bridgeport, your D2 women champs. Next, we move to D3 men. Tufts University, Josh Shapiro. He's won three titles already. He won it in 16, won it again this year with a 2-1 win over Calvin College. Josh Shapiro is next. United Soccer Coaches provides programs and services that enhance, encourage, and contribute to the development and recognition of soccer coaches, their players, and the game we love. Join today. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join. 
Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap, our championship edition. I want to thank Damon Renzi, the head coach for the Michigan State Spartans men, the head coach of one of three Big Ten teams that will be in the College Cup out in Santa Barbara. Akron, kind of a pseudo Big Ten team by way of the MAC, will also be there. It's our championship edition, Barry University, D2 men, Steve McCrath. He joined us, as did University of Bridgeport women, Magnus Nillerud. Now we move to D3 men and a repeat visitor on the United Soccer Coaches podcast talking about Tufts University led by their top man Josh Shapiro who has won three count them three national titles in nine short years that's a pretty good percentage uh, for Coach Shapiro they knocked off Calvin College two to one finished undefeated on the season and yet another national championship Josh and I hope as we welcome you to the program you're going to tell me it never gets old right you'll take it every day oh absolutely (laughs) yeah it doesn't get old. They don't get easier. They're, they're special experiences, and, and uh, just thankful that my guys get to be involved in it and, and have a little experience with it. Well, you've built a pretty good program there, Coach. What's been the key to the kingdom there? I don't know if that's a simple answer, but, um, you know, you've got, a, you've got a wonderful place to attract student-athletes to. Um, and none of this stuff happens without quality kids. So, you know, we've got a, an out, absolutely outstanding university in, in a major metropolitan area that people want to be at. Uh, great academic standards and, and programs that kids are drawn to, um, and then a great, great academic conference, athletic conference to compete in the NESCAC conference. Uh, New England Small College Athletic Conference is, is, you know, probably the best conference in Division Three. Uh, the UAA would argue at times, but um, we think we're we're pretty outstanding. And with us and Williams College winning it this year, the the two, you know, for for Division Three soccer, we feel like we we, we can hold the title. Um, at the top conference in, in Division Three soccer right now. So there's a lot to attract student-athletes to. Um, and then, you know, getting the kids on the right page and, and, and identifying the right leaders to, to steer the ship and, and getting on board with those guys and, and making sure you got a group that wants to get better, um, wants to improve, and wants to embrace the work that's required to do that. Who might be some key players on this team, this 2018 championship team, that uh, also were perhaps uh, key players or even role players on that 2016 national championship team just a couple years ago, Coach? Well, it's an interesting group. So we only have four seniors in this team. Um, and three of them played major roles in this team, and, and only one of them played a major role in the in the 16 group. And that's Sterling Weatherby, who's a captain, our right back, an all-region player. Um you know, and, and, a, and a monster, monster personality in our group. Um, probably the most, like, infectiously positive kid I've ever been around. Um, and he just, he draws people out, he gets people going. Um, you know, you're feeling down, you look at him in the face, and you can't help but get a little electrified. And uh, he, he wants everyone going and being positive and working hard. And, and he's, a, he's a gritty kid. He, he'd probably tell you he's a soccer, he's a hockey player more than a soccer player. Um, I think we managed to turn him into a bit of a soccer player, but he's just got that kind of grit, grind, uh, get after mentality that um, has trickled, you know, throughout our entire team. Uh, he started right back um, on the 16th team um, and was kind of a role player there, and he's become a huge part of our group um, as a senior leader and captain. 
uh, and, a, and a pretty good back four. I like your story. I remember uh, now that uh, as I'm looking at your bio, the fact that uh, you spent some time as a high-level D1 assistant under Brian Weiss, who, by the way, Damon Rensing also talked about how great a coach Brian Weiss is because he had to go into Georgetown and knock off that very good team. You were there for three or four seasons. You also spent time at American, George Mason, Lafayette College as well, and then you got this opportunity to be a head coach. How did that uh, time and D1 soccer prepare you for this head coaching job? There's no question that, like, you know, the way it works in Division One is just kind of at a higher tempo with a higher urgency. And frankly, how much opportunity you have to coach and, and be involved with your guys in the offseason is a little different. Um, but I think it accelerates your growth curve as a coach. Um, and I think I learned a lot about, you know, player relations, how to get teams prepared, how to, how to, how to work and identify the right kind of kids for what you want to do as a program. Um, Brian Weiss, I owe a lot to. You know, him and, and, and Dave Sayward, I would say, are my two kind of real primary mentors, and I learned a lot from, from both those and have taken a lot, you know, into what I do now with my own program. Um, but I think those experiences, you know, really accelerating your, your tempo as a coach, learning to think fast, learning to learning to adjust, learning to prepare teams, um, was a great experience to, to go into my first head coaching position. But I also would say that, you know, one of the interesting things about coaching in Division One um, was that it, it it kind of cleared my perception that maybe Division Three, you know, was the right place for me. Um, I felt really strongly that the the mission of a academic Division Three institution and and the opportunity to allow your kids to have a huge college experience, not a limited college experience, was was really attractive and something I was ultimately drawn back to. Um, after spending all that time in Division One, Well, it's funny you say that because, uh, yeah, when you look at uh, some of the success, you win in these national championships, but you've had guys like uh, Connor Coleman and other guys that have won massive academic awards as well, right? Yeah. I um, mean, you know, our, our kids are, are very serious academic students. I mean, you, you, you can't get into Tufts without having that outlook. Um, but I think our kids recognize that they're, you know, they're here at the university to – you know, be student athletes, but be more, you know, become the best student they can be, be the best prepared, you know, young man they can be leaving college and, and, and hopefully have a really good idea of what they want to do with their futures. You know, and our kids are getting internships, they're studying abroad, they're, they're involved in other academic and, and, and social clubs on campus. They're, they're becoming, you know, whole beings and, and, and really well-prepared young men, you know, when they're 22 to leave campus and have a good idea about what they want to do with themselves. And that doesn't just happen in the library and on the soccer field. It happens in other places on campus as well. Here with Josh Shapiro, the head coach of Tufts University, national champion again, third time in nine years for men's Division Three. You grew up in New Jersey. You were a 97 graduate of Middlebury College, four-year letter winner there, as well as a, a captain. So you always had those leadership traits as well. Remind us uh, where Middlebury is and what level that was. Middlebury College is uh, in Middlebury, Vermont, and it's another NESCAC school. So um, I compete against them every year now. Uh, but it's, it was a, you know, a great, uh, you know, high-end academic place uh, with a wonderful soccer program in, in a northern climate, which is something that I was looking for. I wanted, to, I wanted to be able to go skiing a little bit in college. Um, I wanted to play in a great program. I wanted to be in a, a small classroom environment, and Middlebury ticked you know, every box that I was looking at. So it became my dream school from when I was even you know, early in my high school days. And it's got to be a big reason why earlier you said, even during your time as an assistant coach for Brian Weiss and some of these other programs, that you felt like D3 was the right place for you. You had that firsthand experience, right? 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I loved my experience as a, as a student athlete. and you know, Dave Sayward shaped that team, and 
that, that program and did an unbelievable job for years. And I think he, you know, other than maybe Bobby Clark and, and Jerry Yeagley, he might have one of the more extensive, you know, uh, his players going on and becoming coaches tree that there is in the game. And that's a tribute to him, you know, creating an environment where, where we loved being part of that team. And, you know, we couldn't wait to get to training every day. And, and that's something I think about all the time is I want to make sure my guys love showing up. You know, and they want to put on the training kit and get after it and, and enjoy the, the everyday piece of getting better as a team and spending time with your teammates. And how much does your wife Amy and your kids Ben, Sophie, and Evan enjoy living uh, right there in Winchester, Mass? I think they get a kick out of it. It's pretty fun. You know, like we've, we're integrating a lot of our uh, Winchester family and friends down to games. You know, my, my wife comes down to games, and usually it's a, a minivan filled with little kids, you know, friends of, of all the kids coming, wanting to come to the games. and you know, get, get running around on the field after the games and, and watching a little bit and running around on the side a little bit and, and really being involved in it. But um, Amy's a huge part of, of obviously my life, but I think it's become a huge part of the soccer community and, and the parents have embraced our family really nicely. And, and uh, you know, it's just been, it's been a fun experience to kind of get fully invested in, in, in the tough soccer world. Uh, growing up in New Jersey, have you had to change your affinity for your pro sports teams at all from New York, New Jersey down to Boston? Uh, has that happened? Uh, not me. Not me, but it, it's it's hard to hold on to the kids, man. It's a pretty good draw up here, you know? <laughs> um, uh, and I, I, don't, like, I don't mind the Celtics, but it's tough to get behind the Red Sox. I'll tell you that right now as a, as a diehard Yankee fan growing up. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's also hard to talk about the Jets up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't utter uh, yeah, that word. Just, you know, all right. If I'm going to lose one of my kids to Tom Brady, that could be worse. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to trying to hold on to the Yankees. That's the one I'm dear dear guard. And then uh, kids die hard Liverpool fans. So that's our that's our Saturday morning ritual. Me and the kids up up early watching EPL. Well, it seems like your other rituals are winning national championships three and nine years, and uh, you got a team that could uh, go back to back next year, Coach. Oh, that's an ambitious statement, um, but. You know, I like our group. Um, we, we lose some some really key quality guys in terms of numbers. I, I think we, we bring a lot back, and and we'll certainly give it a go. But um, you know, a lot has to happen right uh, for that to work. And, and I think this was a dream season, and, and I I want to kind of hold on to that a little bit. I know I got to shift gears and start recruiting and, and getting prepared going forward. Uh, but we will have a really really strong junior and senior class next year. And uh, if, if those guys do everything right and don't get too full themselves, um, we could have the kind of pieces to to get ourselves back in and, and who knows josh shapiro top man tufts university he's won three national championships in nine years won it in 16 won it again this year tufts university your national champions d3 men josh shapiro their top man thanks for being with us coach Thanks so much for the time, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, so Tufts University win the D3 men. Also at the same location, UNC Greensboro Soccer Stadium, the D3 women were battling it out. We heard Josh Shapiro say he went to Middlebury College. Middlebury College made it to the final against Williams College. Williams College had won it last year under their head coach, Michelin Pinard, and somehow through incredible adversity where their star players had got injured, almost double-digit injuries on the team, they won the national championship again, this time in PKs 3-2 over Middlebury College. Well, Michelin Pinard, she's got three little kids. She's head of the SWA at Williams College. She's also an associate AD, and they're already out on the road, so she's not able to join us. However, their fine associate SID, Christian DeFore, was able to make time to break it down, and he represents Williams College next on our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. 
Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Moving on as part of our United Soccer Coaches podcast. Delighted to be joined by a representative from Williams College. We'll break our streak as Michelin Pinard not able to join us. She is busy as can be. Incredible season for Williams College. They've won the D3 women's title three of the last four years. She was the United Soccer Coaches Coach of the Year a year ago. It's the first time, by the way, at the D3 women level where a team has won it back-to-back since Messiah did it back in 2000. 2011-2012. Chris Dufour, 15 years, associate SID at Williams College. Kind enough to fill in the blanks and tell us about the amazing success of this program. He joins me now. Chris, thanks for being with us. Happy to be here. Thank you, Dean. Yeah, another title. And tell us what you can about the fact, I mean, it wasn't easy. Like one of your star players, I understand it went out early in the season and then more players went down and you grind your way all the way into a PK final and and win another one. Kind of fill in the blanks for us there. Yeah, I mean, it was a remarkable achievement. They say that every story, every season is different, and this was certainly true for uh, the women this year. Like you mentioned, our, our leading returning score, we lost eight seniors off the championship team from last year. Uh, then we had a, we lost one of our leading scores coming back to uh, injury before the season started. And then uh, after the fourth game, we lost another one of our senior leaders in both scoring and leadership uh, to an injury. And then we continued to lose people to injury uh, as the season progressed. And, uh, you know, and then just all the way through uh, the sectional round, we uh, lost three players. We played uh, the Sweet 16 game against the College of New Jersey. We lost three players in that game that didn't play the next day at William Smith. Uh, so we were down four uh, starters just from that Saturday to that uh, Sunday game. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, so, you know, it was a matter of a lot of people stepping up, uh, you know, the 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 uh, PK advancement win over William Smith was remarkable playing at William Smith on their turf a field and we're normally a grass team and minus all the players that weren't there it was remarkable to see the players we had playing that game uh, really come together uh, you know you hear about people step up and it was just one of those moments uh, where everybody that was available stepped up and somehow you know and obviously it helped to have a senior goalkeeper Olivia Barnhill stop four of the five penalty kicks you saw in PKs that was a big moment uh, as well. I think it's only fitting perhaps that we can't get Michelin on the phone because when you learn more about her story and then you hear, I mean, even as we were talking to the Tufts University head coach, Josh Shapiro, who, you know, knows uh, your program. In fact, you guys beat uh, Middlebury College, his alma mater. So he was very much invested, but he knew the story of all the injuries. And then, you know, Michelin's got three young kids. She's the SWA. She's an associate athletic director. She's doing all this stuff. And then, you know, to a player, he says when they win they all get up there and turn and look at her and say thank you like she's had that kind of effect on this program right in 17 years oh without a doubt listen you're talking about one of the great coaches but also one of the great people you're ever going to meet uh in life and you know her program isn't about 
winning, and I think that's a wonderful byproduct of the way she goes about building her program. But her program is really built to set young women up to succeed in life after college, and that's really a, a large focus of what she she does. Also, you have to remember that um, you know another focus of theirs is to make sure they're having fun. And you know another thing that all the players or most of the players would say after the championship game is that uh, you know they did it based on the love of for each other you know and, uh, and based on they love being around each other they love being on the field with each other they love being off the you know around off the field with each other and you know that manifests itself in a great team experience and ultimately uh, victories Finally, if you could, because you've been around her, if you could speak for Michelin Pinard, who uh, could not uh, join us and knowing what uh, they went through, you did such a great job, uh, Mr. DeFore, breaking down all of those injuries right into the playoffs as well. I mean, knowing uh, what she had to say after the game, what would be the best way, in, in her words, paraphrasing how she feels about this team and this championship? Well, I think, you know, she's incredibly proud of the, the way they were willing to fight for this championship. You know, she was incredibly proud of the leadership from the senior class, but all the way through the team, but especially the senior class of seven um, who ended their careers with uh, 80 wins, four losses, and nine ties in three national championships, which is uh, a 909 winning percentage. You know, this is a remarkable senior class. They led us with dignity and they were and I know uh, she believes that one of their greatest assets was that they were problem solvers so whenever they had a problem they didn't get they, you know this team didn't get down it didn't give up and uh, you know coach has said publicly that she's incredibly proud of their effort well, thank you so much, Chris DeFore, 15-year associate SID at Williams College. Kind enough to fill in here while Michelin Pinard continues to get the job done. Her assistant coaches are out on the road as well, and they're student-athletes. The kids are in class getting it done. So uh, thanks for stepping up. Congratulations on three in the last four years national championships at the college you represent, Williams College. Congratulations. Well, thanks, Dean. I mean, it's a remarkable program, and, uh, you know, we're just uh, very happy and thrilled with having Michelin here at Williams and uh, the student athletes that she recruits and brings to us. Okay, our Division Two national champion men and women in the books, our Division Three national champion men and women in the books. We finished the show talking to our NAIA men and women national champions. Up first, the NAIA men, Central Methodist University. Alex Nichols, just in his fifth season, takes home the title. And then after him, the NAI women national champion, William Carey. Danny Owens, the head coach, winning the first women's national championship of any sport for William Carey. You'll like him as well. NAIA is next. This is Dean Linke, host of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, and I want to remind every one of you listening to get registered now for the 2019 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago in early January. It is the place to be for education, for networking, the MLS draft, the NWSL draft, youth soccer, high school soccer, college soccer, pro soccer, coaches and administrators. You'll want to be in Chicago as part of the 2019 United Soccer Coaches Convention. Make it happen. Make it happen now. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org, click on convention, and get signed up.
Welcome back to our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap, where we're talking to all of our championship coaches, in addition to Damon Rensing, the head coach of the Michigan State men's soccer team there in the College Cup, along with two other Big Ten teams. It's like a mini Big Ten tournament out in Santa Barbara. We've talked to our D2 champions, men and women, our D3 champions, men and women. Now we move to NAIA. We start with men. How about Central Methodist University, 22-2-2? on the season. They won in a thriller in PKs over Missouri Valley College and their head coach in his fifth season is Alex Nichols and he joins me now. Coach, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Talk about the drama that went into that PK finish to win that NAIA title. Oh yeah, we. Uh, I mean, four games in five days is a great, uh, a great deal of uh, work that the guys put in, and they worked hard and uh, stayed very disciplined uh, um, and mentally, and they gave everything they had physically. So to, so to get there to PKs, uh, we knew we had a little bit, a uh, little bit more of a job to to do, and we we took care of business. Coming off of last year, Alex, where you set a program record with thirteen three and three record, did you? have any idea that 22-2-2 was possible, let alone a national championship? You know, I would say, you know, no coach is thinking they're 100% obviously going to win a national championship, but we had a lot of leadership coming back and uh, a lot of good chemistry um, and a lot of good leadership returning and a lot of motivation because we were 12 in the nation last year and we didn't make the national tournament, which was kind of a whole uh, epic saga in itself, but um it uh, provided a lot of you know extra extrinsic motivation for our guys um, this year, and so that was uh, that was something to where we really knew that we were going to have a great team. It was a very good team last year, um, a talented team the year before, but this year we really knew with the leadership and the chemistry and the returning players and the incoming players, we knew we were going to have something special. Central Methodist University Eagles, where is that? Where is it located? What makes it such a, a special? school? So it's located in Fayette, Missouri, um, which is probably about 20, 25 minutes away from uh, Columbia, Missouri. Um, And uh, it's a very nice town, Um, a lot of great supporters um, and people there in Fayette, and it's a nice small little community. Um, But it's Central's been, you know, it's been alive and going for, you know, over 150 years. And so it was nice to bring home the first national championship for a team. Um, And it's history and so it's been there's just been a lot of great support and a lot of a lot of good buzz going around uh, the community so we're, we're very proud Alex Nichols, the head coach, you earned a bachelor's degree in education from Missouri in 2008, a master's degree in administration from William Woods, also Missouri, in 2012. Tell us what happened after that and uh, how you came to be the head coach five or so years ago at Central Methodist University. Yeah, so I coached at uh, Rockbridge um, High School for um, a while and Columbia College for a short stint. And so after doing that for for six years, um, it was uh, kind of a means of, you know, where where are we going next? You know, what's going to be the next step? And um, the Central Methodist job 
uh, came open, and I thought that would be a great opportunity. I had heard very good things from other coaching colleagues, and I knew it was going to be a position that we could do something special with. It was an average program at that at that point in time, but I knew it was going to be a university that was on the rise. Um, the the president of the university had only been there for a year, and you know the the buzz around was that he was someone who was going to really want to move the university in even a greater direction than it already had been, facility-wise, academically, um, athletically, and so it was something where I was excited to um, apply and hope to hope to get the position, and I was awarded the position, and it's just taken off from there. You know, one of the keys and challenges uh, as you're coaching uh, at this level, NAIA, is, and even, you know, looking at your path, you know, as you hire coaches, they're looking to move up the ladder as well. And, you know, talk about, uh, you know, putting your coaching staff together. Guys will leave. I see that uh, one of your assistant coaches from ODU has been there three seasons. Another guy from Hartwick's been there two seasons. Sometimes you got to juggle a little bit, right, to find the right uh, assistant coaches? It, it is a situation where we have a full-time assistant, but it, it, we also have a couple graduate assistants and sadly that's a position that we can't turn everybody into full-time assistants sadly and so it is a situation where some coaches we only have for two years and they have to move on so my my primary assistant uh, coach Machita um, has been fantastic and he'll uh, continue with us um, but unfortunately uh, coach Russell this is his uh, final year and so um it's uh, it's tough to see great coaches go, um, especially because I think it's pretty obvious that uh, in every situation, you know, I always say a head coach is only as good as a staff, and a staff is only as good as the players, and the players to to an extent are a uh, means of what the university and senior staff and board of trustees are willing to put into it. And so um, it's it's I am represented by an incredible staff and. I'm very fortunate. David Machitza, Mark Russell, Rafael Ferrer Ortiz, and Ricardo Olea have been fantastic for me this year, but this has been something building. And so we were top 30 um, three years ago, top 22 years ago, top 12 last year, and we finally put it to get put it all together this year and won a championship. But it's representative of staffs of the past. Simon Brenes helped me get this thing going. He was uh, one of my uh, he was my first coach on staff. Um, and he was fantastic in helping me really get this program in the right direction. And then Brendan Baku, who's at Dayton right now, um, came in and even took us to a to a higher level. Um, and so those are two guys also who were a massive part of this that sadly aren't there with us this year to experience it all. But, boy, were they a big part of helping uh, – me build this. Are there a couple of people that uh, you consider as like a mentor that helped you uh, be ready for this job and then also be ready to take home a national championship? Because not uh, too many people can say they're national championship coaches at any level, Coach. Yeah, well, I would say, um, I mean, people have to take a shot on you. And so, I, I you know, my first big job at uh, Rockbridge, Kyle Austin uh, gave me an opportunity to to coach with him, who at that point in time was the head coach at uh, Rockbridge. And um, I, I would just it took off from there and then my first head job you know Jen Mast and um, David Egan had to take an opportunity on me um, 
as a coach. And then John Klein at Columbia College had to take a chance on me to, to work with him at Columbia College. And then Dr. Roger Drake at Central Methodist, our president, and uh, Ken Oliver at that time uh, had to take a chance on me to see if I could, you know, help them move this in the right direction. So it's a lot of people who have to take chances on you, even if you don't have the, the best resume or the largest resume, um, people have to take a chance on you. And so I'm very thankful to, to those folks for, for giving me a shot. And it's uh, hopefully they can say that it's paid off. And what about your continued education and development? Uh, where do you see yourself, Coach, in uh, five, ten years from now? You know, we'll see. We'll see. That's a, that's a great question. I'm uh, very happy to be a part of the CMU family. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're always looking for forward focused on next year and making sure we have the best student athletes uh, possible to represent uh, CMU men's soccer on and off the field. So we're always kind of geared up for for next year and wh- where five ten years will go i don't i don't know that's a heck of a question but uh right now we're we're very happy and, and proud of what's been done okay we finished with naia women william carey under the direction of danny owens he's been there a long time he played there now he coaches the women he gives the women at william carey the first national championship for any sport on the women's side their only other national championship came in baseball as you'll find out danny owens head coach of william carey university your naia women national champs will finish the show next Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Welcome back to our Championship Coaches edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap, where we give our best effort to talk to every single college champion at every single level. And taking it home for the NAIA women, William Carey University out of Mississippi, wrapping up an impressive 21-3-0 season. They defeated Kaiser University out of Florida. The NAI Women's Championships, as I told you earlier, were held at the Orange Beach Sportsplex in Orange Beach, Alabama. And Danny Owens, 14 years there. He played there. Coach, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. How many national championships you got now, Coach? First one. There you go, number one. How's that feel? Can't imagine. It's uh, it's an unbelievable feeling. Just really excited. It's just kind of been a crazy last couple days, for sure. When you're a coach, you want to win a national championship. Uh, Just talk about that process. Have you been close a few times? Yeah, we've um, we've been to the national tournament since 2008. Um, So we've been there, and you know, last year we made it to the semifinals. Um, and, you know, it was a tough one, 1-0 loss last year. So, um, you know, we've been there. We knew it was about. It was just kind of putting it all together, and uh, girls found a way to do it this time. Let's get to know you a little bit. You uh, you listed your hometown as Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, tell us uh, how you ended up uh, in Mississippi at uh, this fine university. Yeah, so I uh, grew up playing uh, in Baton Rouge under Gary Williamson, was my, uh, was my coach. He's at North Texas now, but... Got a phone call one day from from Doug Stovall about William Carey and went on a visit. The school, the soccer program was in Gulfport, Mississippi at the time. So went, it was on the beach. Uh, They were competitive, number one team in the country. Had some excellent players uh, when I played. So played there for four years. We we were number one. We went to two semifinals. 
Um, so it was a good experience. Enjoyed my time there, and uh, very lucky that got into coaching. They had one coach for both programs, and they moved it up to Hattiesburg. And um, you know, they called me and said they were ready to split the program. Would I be interested? So. Uh, definitely been at William Carey for a long, long time. Okay, so let me get that straight. So when you were done, was there any gap in there at all, Danny, or did you just take over immediately for the women's team? No, there was a gap. I was um, I was working and coaching youth and um, getting my master's degree. Okay. Um, and so I think in 2003, maybe, I finished in 99. So in 2003, they moved the, the program up. We just, uh, they had some things going on and. They wanted all the sports programs up in Hattiesburg campus. That's our main campus. Um, so they moved it, um, and then they hired uh, a Nigel Bolton, uh, and he ran both programs um, for, for two years, and then they were ready to separate men and women, and that's when they called me. Okay, cool. And tell me about uh, the enjoyment uh, you get from coaching the women's game and you know just that uh, little bit of transition. I love coaching women. Uh, you know, started really early in my uh, coaching career when I was um, when I was a player. Uh, got into coaching, and then as soon as I was done playing, there was uh, a high school needed uh, a head coach, and um, so that was my first kind of high school job was was coaching girls, and um, then I started coaching at the club level girls, and um, and that's really you know that's all I've coached and. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, girls, you know, they listen and they want to be coached and, you know, they work hard for you. And, um, you know, so uh, I've had a really good experience, you know, coaching women over the you know the last two years. And talk about uh, the win against Kaiser. Uh, obviously a good game, one nothing. Yeah, I mean, Matt Dunn has done an amazing job. Uh, I've known Matt for a long time. And um, we played each other earlier in the year, um, actually in Orange Beach. And uh, it was a 3-2 overtime win. Uh, I think we had 42 shots between the two teams. It was just a trap meet. Um, so I knew, you know, the final was going to be competitive. Uh, you know, was, one goal was, was the difference. And I thought we defended really well. And, um, you know, obviously took our opportunity when it came. And um, so, you know, it, it was just uh, both teams were just giving it everything they had. We were lucky to kind of have that that one goal in the first half and uh you know we really dug in and defended really really well and tried not to give a lot of opportunities away and uh there was you know set pieces were were key for us and i thought we defended those really well um you know and uh you know definitely girls deserve to win on the day for sure and how about the values and qualities of being in the naia naia athletics are pretty strong very strong. I mean, we have some excellent players. Uh, you know, obviously our team, we have some, some very good players and uh, players that we play against, um, you know, some national team level players. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I guess a lot of your top teams are a lot of internationals. Um, so, I mean, there's some definitely talented, talented players, um, you know, and uh, girls that could play Division One, Division Two. Um, for whatever reason, you know, played um, played in AI. You know, Southeastern had that girl canoe had 56 goals. You know, I know for a fact that she could go into any level uh, in Division One and and be very very good. And Spring Arbor had the Bethany Balser. She's been, I think, three time player of the year. Excellent player. So, um, you know, we've had we had some 
very, very good players at the NAI level. Well, even on your team, you had five players with 26 points or higher. I mean, you had some goal scorers. Yeah, we did, and that was I think that was our strength for the entire year was uh, we didn't have one player. You couldn't shut down one of our players. Um, you know, if, if you keyed on one player, we had another player. You know, we, we were getting goals from the midfield this year, which I think was, was a key. You know, we've had some good midfielders, but maybe not a lot of uh, production. Uh, so, you know, it was it was really pick your poison with us this year. If, if you concentrate on one, someone else, and that was kind of what I told the girls in uh, the last, the semifinal and the final was, you know, kind of our front four uh, were special. And I was like, you four, it doesn't matter who scores, but, you know, collectively, um, you guys need to to just be special and, and get it done. And, and it did. And, you know, in the quarterfinals, uh, one of the forwards scored. And in the, in the semifinals, we had two different, um, you know, a forward had two, and my midfielder, Anna Paula, had two. And, and then in the final, really, uh, real special, my defensive midfielder, uh, you know, everything. I think Kaiser was so kind of keyed in on, on everybody else. Uh, when Ani picked up the ball, uh, it just kind of opened up for it. You know, the movement was good with, with, uh, with the forwards and, and Anna Paula. And it just opened up, and, and Ani just kept running and found herself inside the box and took her opportunity. That was, that was her 12th shot of the year. Um, so she, you know, she's always got the task of picking up the other team's best player and, you know, just as a defensive role. And we've been encouraging her to get forward and get more involved when the opportunities presented it. And um, she did it at the right time uh, with, the, with the winning goal. First NAIA Women's Soccer Championship for William Carey University, the Lady Crusaders. Has William Carey won other women's national championships in other sports that you know of, Coach? No, this was the uh, baseball won uh, national championship in 1969. Um, so that is, this is only the second national championship for the entire university. And then I think um, they're actually going to do a 50-year reunion for the baseball team in the spring um, at our, you know, our alumni get-together that they do. So, so, yeah, it's been over 50 years, and it's only the second one. Wow, that's incredible. So that, that deserves a attaboy from the AD and the president, chancellor, whatever, right? I'm sure you heard from all the big brass, right? Yeah, we have the, the mayor even of Heisberg. Did a, the girls got a police escort um, on the bus on the way in, and they had a big, uh, I guess, welcoming party with uh, students and athletes and coaches when the girls arrived. So they definitely made it, uh, made it a big deal and, and made it special for the girls. That's legit. Finally, uh, you know, you're on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. I feel like the United Soccer Coaches always does a good job recognizing every level of college soccer, including the NAIA. They salute the coaches of the year and the All-Americans every year at the convention. Have you been able to partake in conventions over the years or at least some educational courses with uh, United Soccer Coaches, formerly NSCAA? Typically a regular attendee to the to the convention. Um, I haven't in the past couple years just for whatever reason, but um, you know, my assistant hasn't been yet, and I promised I would take him this year. And um, after after the game, I said, "Well, we definitely have to go now." So uh, we will be there. It's it's a great experience, just from a networking and, and seeing some old friends, and then and then, like you said, being able to go to all the different seminars and and coaching um, coaching events they put on. It's 
really enjoyed my time there at the convention. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you win Coach of the Year. I co-host that event on Friday night, so if you're there, please shake my hand up on the stage. It's uh, been a pleasure getting to know you. That's pretty exciting that you won the first women's national championship for your university, a place where you played and now enjoying your time as the coach. Congratulations to you and the Lady Crusaders. Special meeting for me, you know, and just with all the alumni that, that, that I've played with and, um, you know, with the, the men's side, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, text messages and, and whatever, and, and then just past girls and guys. I think, uh, you know, it's really a, a national championship for the whole program because uh, William Carey's been very competitive for a long time in soccer, and I think you finally get one. I think everybody kind of feels like they've won it, and that's, you know, special, special for me. Special indeed. I want to thank all of our special guests. Damon Rensing, the head coach of the Michigan State men's soccer team. Barry University national champion D2 men's head coach Steve McCrath. D2 women's national champion head coach Magnus Nillerode from University of Bridgeport. Division three men's national champion Josh Shapiro from Tufts University. Christian DeFore, the associate SID, filling in for Michelin Pinard, who's the head coach at Williams College. They win it back-to-back for D3 women. And our NAIA champions, you just heard from the women championship head coach, Danny Owens. The men was Alex Nichols for Central Methodist University. I want to thank Mike Knipper, Sean Shevel, and all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches. Be back here same time, same channel next week. United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. United Soccer Coaches provides programs and services that enhance, encourage, and contribute to the development and recognition of soccer coaches, their players, and the game we love. Join today. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join.